What's up, y'all? You're tuned in to the B.O.B., the Bill on Ball podcast, and I am your very excited host, the Jazzy Bill. Thanks for tuning in for episode three. We're going to dive right into all things um, week one and week two. But before I get started, I do want to say thank you guys for all the feedback that I've received, and it's tons, um, much more than I would have expected. Uh, you guys are taking this co-host shit seriously, and I super appreciate it. Y'all are sending in your questions, your analysis, your opinions, uh, lots and lots of why I love these game letters. So I appreciate that shit. Y'all niggas are doing exactly what I asked y'all to do. Um, as I said, and I will continue to say, I do not have a co-host sitting here with me, but I do have co host to the show and that's every single one of y'all who's listening so continue to send all that good stuff in email me at the bell on ball at gmail.com to be featured as a co-host on the show um and so yeah i'm gonna dive right in because y'all niggas know i don't like to be long so we're gonna jump right in with all things week one as we start to look towards week two which begins um tonight as you're listening to that thursday night football begins the football week um so Sad to say that the thing in the news that I have to start with is um, injuries. Because injuries during week one are taking these niggas out of the game. Uh, Lots of high-profile players are out for the season. Super sucks. Um, As I said last week, I really fucking hate, you know, having to even talk about injuries. But it is a huge part of the game. Um, No NFL team is going to go through the whole season without being touched by injury. For some players, they're going to be out for weeks. For others, they have to have uh, season-ending surgeries for their injuries. So, it's fucked up, um, but it is part of the game. I think the biggest um, injury this week was the one sustained by David Johnson, who's the running back for Arizona Cardinals. And he is going to be out for the season with his injury. He had to have season-ending surgery. Um, And that's real fucked up for Arizona. Um, It's a next-man-up league. So, you know, anytime a player goes down, you just, you know, put their back up in and and you're you're supposed to keep it moving. But with certain players, you just cannot do that because they're – just that good that they really can't be replaced and David Johnson is that type of nigga he is arguably and I think that most people would agree with me when I say the single best running back in the league right now um so for Arizona to lose him um it's gonna be a big blow I know that Bruce Arians their head coach and their offensive coordinators over there have probably um schemed many of their games around David Johnson's talent uh he was going to be the backbone of that offense they were looking to him to score tons of points every game um and make plays and so with him having to be out of the game it's just going to be a real hit to their offense so we'll have to see what they do um Eric Berry 
um, is out in Kansas City. And I was uh, watching this game. This was, the, of course, the Kansas City, the Chiefs and the Patriots game, which started off the season last Thursday. And I saw this injury uh, in live time. If you were watching that game, you know, we saw him go down. And, and the way we, the way he went down, I was like, ooh, that, that does not look good. And sure enough, um, he has a torn ACL. So he is going to be out for the season. I love Eric Berry. I really do. Um, he's a hometown hero. He's from Atlanta. Um, he came to Atlanta last year when the Chiefs played Atlanta and embarrassed the fuck out of us in front of his mom and him because they were sitting right there. Um, but he's a, he's a good guy. He's overcome cancer. You know, he, he's had to sit out a season while he was dealing with um, his battle with cancer going through chemo so he beat cancer came back to the game was better than ever um had a great season last season and now he has to sit out again uh it's just like you know he he can't catch a break and it's unfortunate um when it's like these really good it's you know it's always the good ones but yeah, Eric Berry is out for the season in Kansas City and they were already dealing with a major um injury <clears throat> excuse me, with the injury out with Spencer Ware, who went down in their last preseason game. Um, so they, they have two of their major players that they'll be missing this season, the whole season with these injuries. Um, CJ Fedorowicz, who's a tight end in Houston, um, he got placed on inj injured reserve. He didn't get a physical injury, but he went out with concussion um, issues. He had two weeks in a row where he had to be placed in the concussion protocol so apparently his concussions are so bad that they're just gonna put this nigga on the injured reserve list for the whole season so um when you're talking about shit like that like that's that's some scary shit um when you're talking about these head injuries so yeah uh cj fedorowitz is out on injured reserves with concussion issues um, Danny Woodhead, a running back in Baltimore, who I like a lot. Uh, most of the time when you talk about like running backs and wide receivers in the league, you know, you're always talking about like black men. <laughs> They're the ones who's supposed to be able to like run fast and, you know, all of that stereotypical. Um, but yeah, typically, you know, you're going to be talking about black guys when you talk about running backs and wide receivers, but Danny Woodhead is a white boy that can run. That nigga's fast as hell. So, um, he's going to be out for six weeks up in Baltimore. They're going to miss him up there. Uh, Andrew Luck's still out. Um, JJ Watt injured himself, but he's not out. He uh, broke his finger. Apparently, the bone came out through the skin. But Jesus, Jesus was like, "Um, just tape this up, and I'm gonna go back into the game." Uh, so he's um gonna play through a broken bone through his skin. Uh, I don't know what that's about. <clears throat> um, but if you feel like you can do it, Jesus, Jesus, then by all means continue to ball out but we're gonna pray for a speedy recovery for all of those um players who've gone out this week with those injury serious injuries um and we'll keep our eye on them good luck to those uh backups who have to come in and um fill in for those injured players um and uh 
in other news, <laughs> there are players who are out of the game, not because of injuries, but because of suspensions. Now, before I get that, let me just say, Ezekiel Elliott's still not one of them. He played week one, and he is going to play week two. Um, so I did, you know, delve a little deeper into this. I got tons of questions. I know last week I said I was looking for the info. Like, everybody's like, how is he still able to play if he's been suspended? So what his legal team did... And what the um, NFLPA, who the um, NFL Players Association is uh, representing him and standing with him as well, they filed an injunction against the suspension um, in the Texas court. And the judge basically was like, okay, I'll go ahead and grant this injunction. So basically what he's saying is that they don't have to uphold the suspension until they look further into his appeal. Um, the NFL has tried to file or not has tried to, but they filed an injunction against the injunction. But the problem is they're filing it to the same judge. So the nigga's not going to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I said that I'll file this injunction so he can play. He's not going to turn around and now say, okay, I'm going to file an injunction against the injunction that I granted myself. So it's just a lot of back and forth. Uh, The shit is messy as hell. It's stupid as fuck. It doesn't make a lot of sense to those of us on the outside looking in. But um, for all intents and purposes, you can just expect Ezekiel Elliott to be out there on the field while all of this is going on. Even if they do grant an expedited appeal, that shit still won't be happening until January. So, essentially, he's going to be able to play the whole season. Um, Texans, uh, all over all of the NFL timelines and in the news and on sports media, all night last night and um, all day today uh, was Texans linebacker Brian Cushing um, and his suspension. He just got suspended for 10 games, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for his second um, PED violation, performance enhancing drugs. And so now he has to sit out for 10 games. Now we're going to talk about this because when these, um, when these type of suspensions happen, you know, I, I already have a, a problem with suspensions anyway. Not not that they happen, but that the players, like, you're you're getting paid millions of dollars. Just fucking do your job. Do what you're supposed to do and stop thinking that you're not going to get caught doing the shit that you're not supposed to do. Like, so, the reason why it, this suspension is so long, it's 10 games long, is because it's his second time being caught um, taking performance enhancing drugs. Um, uh, in Atlanta, Jalen Collins received the same suspension, um, in the off season where he suspended for 10 games for his second violation with performance enhancing drugs. And, and the shit is just so stupid to me. It's like, you've already been caught once. So you already should know that this isn't something that you can, you know, that you can hide. Y'all niggas have to take get all these random physicals random drug tests i don't know who's in your ear telling you oh you know well just you know drink this apple cider vinegar and that shit'll mask it no nigga you're gonna be found out you've already been found out once you've already had to serve suspension for the first time now here you come again doing the same dumbass shit i don't have any sympathy for um Jalen collins in atlanta i don't have any sympathy for um brian cushion in houston um you know it's it's fucked up for houston um, you know, they, they're always touted as having a bomb ass defense, which they do. Um, they got Jesus, Jesus, uh, defending the pass and Brian Cushing is their run stopper. Uh, it's hard for teams to 
make running plays against him. So they're they're losing, you know, half of their not half of their whole defense, but it's essentially, you know, they're 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 missing out on being able to stop the run because this nigga's doing some stupid shit. So he's gonna serve his suspension, ten games without pay. Um, can't practice, can't do shit. Uh, I don't even think that they're allowed to sit on the time on the sidelines. I have to check that. Uh, I think that might be a team by team decision. But yeah, so now you just gotta sit and fucking watch the game at home with the rest of us because you wanted to be stupid and do shit that you knew you weren't supposed to do. So um, there's that. We'll uh, keep our eyes on um on these players and and what the league is doing with these suspensions man but these niggas just gotta stop doing dumb ass shit i say all the time and i've always said with these nfl players and professional athletes at the end of the day this shit is still a job follow the goddamn rules man and get and get your money like follow the rules play you get you getting paid to play a fucking game nigga just do the shit and and get your check and but niggas what can you say um moving on because because that shit i don't want to harp on that that shit gets on my nerves as you can probably tell i'm very passionate about these niggas doing some dumb ass shit because i just feel like you get paid too much money to be stupid nigga like let 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 po niggas make stupid decisions like you know don't 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 mess up your money man you messing up your money doing stupid shit i hate that shit um so let's talk about some of the games from week one um every week the nfl releases their own players of the week for the afc and nfc i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna do it a little differently i'm not gonna choose you know like an offensive player a defensive player a special teams player each week what i'm gonna do is just call out just one special somebody or one special group or one special team and this week my jazzy bell players of the week are motherfucking rookie running backs rookie running backs had a week those niggas were balling out specifically um kareem hunt in kansas city and dalvin cook of minnesota they both had um great games rushed for over 100 yards niggas scoring touchdowns and it's just real fun for me as a fan to see you know rookies come in and you know you're you're on a huge a huge stage this is your first professional football game your first official professional football game and so you're gonna already remember it forever but for it to be that and then you just come in and you ball and you have a hell of a game kareem hunt was running his ass all over new england um dalvin cook made the saints defense look like who they are which is pure trash so that was a lot of fun um to watch so yeah i just want to shout out the rookie running backs uh this week because they had a week officially the nfl players of the week for the afc on offense they gave it to quarterback alex smith of kansas city chief uh defense it was calais campbell their special teams was giorgio tavecchio um who's the kicker in oakland who came in for their injured kicker uh janikowski who's out for the season so yeah uh, their new kicker came in and he was balling good for him in the nfc offensive player of the week is my nigga sam bradford Hitman Sammy Sam, the QB in Minnesota, who was out there looking like fucking Sam Brady. Uh, he was balling. Sam Bradford and the Minnesota Vikings terrorized New Orleans this um this 
in week one. Uh, that game was a lot of fun for me as a Falcons fan, but I'm supposed to be unbiased in this podcast, so I won't harp too much on that. But the Saints defense is not that great. Uh, that's just a fact of the matter. And um, Sam Bradford in Minnesota went in there and made these niggas look like some junior varsity high school defenses. They shredded them up. So um, he got offensive player for the week in the NFL. C, Tremaine Johnston uh, got their defensive player of the week and Matt Prater on special teams. Um, So we're going to keep our eye on the players of the week. Shout outs to all of them for balling out. Um, If you want to send in somebody that you think got snubbed for player of the week or should have been player of the week any given week, of course, email me, co-host, and let me know who you think should have been the player of the week. If it was just like a close call or you feel like, you know, somebody else should have gotten it over who the um, NFL officially gave it to, let me know and we'll we'll shout them out here on the show. Um, in Houston, Deshaun Watson has won the starting quarterback position over quarterback Tom Savage. Now, Houston has been playing, has been having, um, quarterback issues for years. Everybody always wants to talk about, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns and how they're fucked up and how they haven't been able to start, have a starting quarterback and they keep switching up niggas. But quiet as it's kept, Houston has switched up their starting quarterback more times in the past few seasons than even Cleveland has. Um, but now they're going to have Deshaun Watson with the start. I like Deshaun Watson. He's a, a Georgia native, so he's a DSGB, down south Georgia boy. Um, and he balls out. He wears the number four, which is my favorite number, which I like. Jesus, Jesus, Watt likes him a lot. Cam Newton is a huge um, fan of his. So I like Deshaun Watson. He's a good kid, um, and he can play. So I'm happy for him having won the start. We'll see how he performs. His first game is uh, Thursday, which is today as you're listening to this, which is also his 22nd birthday. So hopefully his birthday present to himself will be a great first game as an NFL starting quarterback. Um, I also want to shout out uh, somebody else that's starting. Young Ho, cool. And, um... <laughs> For Los Angeles, the Chargers. He didn't do anything spectacular. I just love that this nigga's name is Young Ho. Um, so, yeah, I'm watching the games and they're like, Young Ho is out there doing Young Ho things. And that's just, it's just fun to hear. So, shout out to uh, Chargers kicker Young Ho. Cool. Uh, continue to ball, continue to play out. So, just so we can have some fun um, hearing your name being called. Um, so let's see things that happened this week in these games. Uh, Jacksonville, their defense balled out. Um, I'm gonna talk, give you all the scores when I go over my week one picks and what I got wrong and what I got right and all of that stuff. But I do want to shout out Jacksonville's defense. They balled out. They had ten sacks. Uh, Andy Dalton surprisingly threw four interceptions uh, this week as the Bengals got shut out. Um, at home versus Baltimore. I don't know what Andy Dalton was, was doing this week. I don't know if it's rust. Uh, Andy Dalton's not the best quarterback in the league. He's middle of the pack, though. He, uh, no, nah, he might be in the bottom half. He He's not that consistent, but he can, he can play. He just doesn't play well. Um, it's not that I don't think that he has it in him. So even just to see him throw, four interceptions it was like what the hell is going on 
Granted, it was against Baltimore's defense, and, and Baltimore's has always been known for a stellar defense. But, yeah, man, uh, Andy Dawson got to figure out what's going on because you ain't going to win no games if you're out here throwing four interceptions every game. Uh, Alex Smith, obviously, in Kansas City, snapped. Alex Smith looked like the greatest fucking quarterback of all time. Um, and it was even more impressive because it was against New England. Um, I, again, I called the upset. I said last week, you know, Alex Smith isn't the best quarterback in the world, but he's a vet and he knows how to get the job done. And Alex Smith was like, no, ho, don't just say nice things about me, bitch. Give me my motherfucking flowers. And this nigga went out there and made everybody just look like, Oh, you're going to give Alex Smith the respect that he deserves. He's tired of you hoes playing with him. And he went out there and he beasted. That was tons of fun um, to watch um, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Got to get used to saying that. Embarrassed the shit out of Indianapolis Colts. That was another pick that I got wrong. I thought the Colts were going to win it. The Rams was like, oh, no, bitch. Not today. The Rams... um just straight up embarrassed them and uh the story there the rams um in the offseason they hired sean McVay to be their head coach and he became the youngest head coach in nfl history this nigga just turned 31 this year um and that's uh that's unheard of for for a head coach but there he is just young as fuck this uh, millennial 80s baby-ass niggas, a head coach of the NFL team, and they had a game this week. Uh, the ending score was 46 over 9. Um, Chuck Pagano, who is the head coach in Indianapolis, I think this nigga's on the clock. Uh, uh, not last year, not last season, but the season before last and even the year before that, tons of head coaches were getting fired in the middle of the season because these owners were like, uh, you know, y'all have the players, y'all have the talent. These are coaching errors that are losing us these games. And these owners were not having it. They started firing niggas left and right. Uh, that kind of eased up a little bit last season. But if it is going to start up again this season, it's going to start with Chuck Pagano. I think that nigga's on the clock. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to this, but I think you guys can mark my words saying that if he continues to coach games like he did uh, this week, it's only a matter of time before they call that nigga in and give him the pink slip. Um, so we'll be watching, Chuck. I hope you can smooth it out, my nigga, because you, uh, you're going to be fired. Lights. Somebody's getting fired. And it's going to be Chuck Pagano. Um, and uh, also, um, in Los Angeles, the Rams, um, Aaron Donald, who was their premier defensive player, did not play week one. He's been holding out uh, due to contract negotiations. Basically, this nigga's like, I'm a beast. Y'all know I am. I don't know who you're trying to hold with this little bit of money, but y'all need to pay me more money than you're paying me. And uh, essentially, he said, I'm not going to come to training camp. I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to do shit until y'all pay me what I deserve to be paid. So he held out and he did not play week one. Um, apparently contract negotiations did go through this week as he did return to practice yesterday. And, um, so Aaron Donald will be playing in week two. He will not discuss the contract negotiations. I don't know if they put like an NDA clause in there. Cause usually as soon as a lot of these higher, uh, 
profile contracts come out like they're all over the news and you know exactly how much the niggas getting paid exactly how long the contract is for we don't know any of that in this case all we know is that he's back on the field he will not discuss it he's like don't ask me all you need to know is that i'm here and i'm back so um he's here and he's back so good news for them uh i am very interested to know how much he did get paid so i'm hoping that some kind of way that info will leak and i'm sure it will these things never stay secret for long so uh i will be back with the update hopefully next week to let you guys know how much the rams cut that check for and how much uh aaron donald is taking home and um some fun news marshawn lynch is going to be getting his own reality show uh which was good news for a lot of people um now Marshawn Lynch is not that fond of speaking out um in the media he very famously does not speak out during uh after game interviews um they do have contract obligations as players to uh speak to the sports media to answer questions and this nigga will sit there and be like, you know why I'm here. I'm just here so I just don't get fined. Like, he's not here for it. But when he does speak out, he's very entertaining. He's very genuine. He's very funny. Um, So, we'll be... We'll de- I'm definitely tuning in to this reality show. It's actually debuting at the end of this month. It's going to be a Facebook show. um, 10 to 15 minutes weekly. Um, But, yeah, that'll be on Facebook. So, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um... And other fun news, uh, I'm a fan who loves to see niggas set records whenever it's not Drew Brees, because fuck him. Um, <laughs> but I am a, uh, I'm a history buff just in general, and that doesn't, um, that's not missed on NFL history. So to see niggas doing historic things is fun for me as a fan. Um, and this week, Dak Prescott is in position to set a huge NFL record. There's a 99.9% chance that he will. All he has to do is throw two passes without an interception, and he will be the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 500 passes and have fewer than five interceptions. Now, when I read this and when I heard this, at first I didn't believe it. Um, I guess I just really wasn't paying attention uh, as many of us who aren't Dallas fans probably were, we like to put a lot of um, the Cowboys' success last year on the back of Ezekiel Elliott. But truth be told, um, their other rookie, Dak Prescott, Dakota Rain Prescott, was out there balling as well. And um, I didn't know that he had only thrown four interceptions last year. That's some impressive-ass shit. Um, you expect rookie quarterbacks to be throwing interceptions all over the place, you know, and I was just talking about Andy Dalton earlier, this veteran ass quarterback who threw four interceptions in one game. So the fact that Dak Prescott only threw four interceptions all last season is impressive. And so again, as long as he doesn't throw an interception within his first two passes of the game this week, he is going to set that record. So good for him. Um, Ball out Dak Prescott. I like him. He's a really, he just seems like a sweet little light-skinned boy who loved his mama. His mama did pass. He speaks about that often. Um, You know, he dedicates his games to her. They were very close. Um, He is of Native American uh, heritage, so he is my people. Um, So, yeah, shout out to Dak Prescott, Mr. Dakota Rain Prescott, and that record that he's going to set. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll just go ahead and do it and we'll big him up 
again next week. Um, and lastly, in our news for this week, I want to talk about the Hall of Fame nominees. They were announced this week, 108 nominees in all. And again, this just goes to me being appreciative of NFL history. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame is a big deal. And, you know, when these players have gone out here on this field and played this game and been one of the best and been one of the greatest at this game, they get these gold jackets and they're enshrined forever. And niggas know that when this person was on the field or when this person was involved with the game, they made the game better. They were one of the best at it. Um, and so, yeah, this year they got 108 nominees and they got to get that shit down to five people who are going to be enshrined. I would hate to be on the committee this year because of the nominees that they have like just straight straight up reading the the names you can already pick off probably 60 of them who actually do really deserve to be in the hall of fame but everybody can't go in um it's super selective so of the 108 um they're gonna whittle that down to 15 finalists and then on selection saturday which is the saturday before the super bowl in february the 15 gets down to 10 and then the 10 gets down to five that will be actually enshrined um next um august uh so there are some notable players who are eligible for the first time um in 2017 and that includes uh defensive players randy lewis i'm sorry randy lewis ray lewis and brian erlacher and wide receiver randy moss I fucking love Randy Moss. Randy Moss is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Um, he's just, to me, now, actually, no, let me take that back. He's not He's not the greatest wide receiver of all time. Obviously, that accolade and that distinction goes to Jerry Rice. Um, but after there was Jerry, there was Randy. And it's almost like a um, it can almost be looked at kind of like a Michael Jackson, um, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. What is going on today? Michael Jordan, um, Kobe Bryant type of thing. Where it's like, yeah, you you already know who the goat is, you know who the greatest is, but there is room for debate. Um, you know, the sometimes niggas who do come around who make you question whether or not they can surpass the greatest of all time. And I think Randy Moss was one of those wide receivers who did, you know, you did look at him and you did wonder whether or not he could break all of Jerry Rice's records. Um, so the question when people are first time eligible is always, are they going to be a first ballot um, you know, are they just, are they guaranteed to get in? You know, some people, when they become eligible, you already know, go ahead and stamp it, go ahead and get their gold jacket ready. As soon as Brett Favre became eligible in, um, you know, certain niggas like that. So the question is, are, um, Ray Lewis, is Randy Moss, is Brian Erlacher, are they going to be first ballot Hall of Famers? And then, of course, over the past few years, the Hall of Fame question has always been, and it's going to continue to be. Are they ever going to let Terrell Owens in the Hall of Fame? He's been eligible for a few years now. He's been a finalist twice. He's still not in. Um, so that's always going to be the huge question. I'm not going to delve in too deep to that now. We have tons of time to talk about it throughout the season. But we're going to keep our eye on the Hall of Fame discussion. Just want to go ahead and, and um, shout that out now because they did release those nominees uh, this week. So congratulations to all of those nominated. And we'll... Um, 
we'll wait and see until uh, February who the finalists will be. But uh, at some point, we are going to talk about um, Terrell Owens and whether or not he's being snubbed in the Hall of Fame. If you're a Cowboys fan or if you're a Bengals fan, if you're listening to this, um, if you if you want to talk about Terrell Owens, if you want to send in and, and get your co-host moment to talk about T.O., go ahead and do that. I want to hear it from the perspective of a Terrell Owens fan, uh, a fan of, of one of those teams that he actually played for. I want to know how y'all feel about it. So somebody hit me up with that so I can go ahead and feature that on the show. And that's going to do it for our news for week one and week two um, preview. I have no sponsors for this podcast, but this shit is not free. It's sponsored by little old me. If you'd like to help me sponsor this podcast, my cash app link and my PayPal link are in the information section for you to, uh, you know, drop a couple dollars and, uh, help a nigga pay some of these podcasting bills. Um, yeah. So moving right along to some fantasy football. I hope you guys had a fun time with your fantasy football teams last week. I have nine teams this season. I won seven of my matchups. So, you know, cheers to me and cheers to you if you won yours as well. I um, am going to give you guys some pickups. Uh, These are players who probably were not drafted in most of their leagues that are available on waivers as we speak. Um, If Alex Smith is still available in your league, go and pick him up. Um, Tariq Cohen, a Chicago running back, if he's available, go ahead and pick him up. He's gonna, um, he's poised to have a, a breakout season. So he wasn't drafted in most leagues. So if he's still available in yours, go pick him up. Um, Cooper Cup, who's a wide receiver in, um, in LA for the Rams, if he's still available, go ahead and pick him up. Um, and Cameron Bray in Tampa Bay, who's their tight end. Now, we still haven't seen Tampa Bay play. Again, their first week is going to be this week, um, as they had a bye week because of Hurricane Irma last week. But Cameron Bray is, a uh, um, Jameis is very fond of, of throwing to him. At least he was in the preseason. Lots of people did not choose, draft him in their, um, fantasy football drafts, probably because they were looking at the fact that Tampa Bay was going to be, um, sitting out week one. But if he's available, now's the time for you to go ahead and pick him up. And, um, so now let's, let's talk about the niggas that y'all probably did draft. You know, who do you, you're looking at your rosters for your fantasy teams this week, who you want to start, who you want to put on your bench. Um, some definite starts, I think this week, um, you want to start Marshawn Lynch and Derek Carr. Um, in Oakland, they're going to have a week this week. Uh, you Every week, basically, I'm going to say just look at who's playing the Jets and fucking start their quarterback, start their running back, and start their wide receiver because, as we know, uh, the Jets are having tons of issues this season. They're probably not going to win a single game. Players and teams are going to walk all over them. So, just as a general rule, just look at who's playing the Jets and go ahead and start those niggas. So this week is Oakland. So yeah, start um Derek Carr, start Marshawn Lynch, uh, Mark Cooper, and um um Michael Crabtree. Um, let's see. I think you want to start for my quarterbacks. I think you want to start Ben Roethlisberger at home. Um, he's always a good bet at home. Cam Newton at Buffalo. Uh, Cam's probably going to have a game this week. And also, this is going to be James's first week back. 
um, in Tampa Bay start. I think you want to start him this week over Chicago. Um, now, Chicago did play pretty well against Atlanta last week, but don't let that keep you from starting Jameis. Uh, Matt Ryan still was able to put up a lot of fantasy points, so you want to start Jameis in Chicago. Um, speaking of Atlanta, unfortunately, Green Bay is coming to Atlanta. Uh, they were letting niggas, Atlanta's defense were letting niggas run all over the place last week who probably shouldn't have. Um, Tariq Cohen in Chicago was able to do way too much running. That being said, I don't think that's an issue that they will have fixed in just one week. So go ahead and start Ty Montgomery, who is Green Bay's running back over Atlanta's defense. Um, look at me being, um unbiased because I should never tell you guys to start players against my Atlanta's defense but I got to keep it real and they were letting niggas run and, and like I said they, they probably won't fix it so go ahead and start Ty Montgomery you want to start uh Sam Bradford against the Steelers if you got Alex Smith you know go ahead and start him surprisingly I'm gonna say if you got Jared Goff uh for the Rams start him because he's doing good things um I talked about Dalvin Cook a little earlier in the show, running back from Minnesota. He's going to be a good fantasy start this week. Uh, Todd Gurley is another running back who will be a good fantasy start against Washington this week. Um, I saw some people say that they would start Alvin Kamara in New Orleans against Pittsburgh. Um, if you have him on your team, I'd say... You can you can pressure look and put him in at flex. I wouldn't start him as my uh, first or second running back. But if you're looking a little low on um, flex players and you have them, you can go ahead and plug them in at flex. Um, um, oh, Adam Thielen in Minnesota. He's going to be a good start this week. Uh, Sam Bradford was throwing to him all over the place uh, last week. And so, you know, that's one of his favorite toys. So go ahead and start Adam Thielen if you have him. And then we have to look at Arizona, um, with David Johnson having to go out with this injury. Your first question is going to be, all right, so who's this offense going to lean towards to kind of pick up that slack? And obviously that's going to be the veteran Larry Fitzgerald. So if you have Larry Fitzgerald, um, go ahead and start him this week. Some other good, um, flex players this week will probably be Chris Hogan in New England and um Cooper Cup in LA. So those are my my starts for the week for your fantasy teams. Now to move to the people that you should sit, my sits for the week, go ahead and put these niggas on your bench if you have them. Um Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. Good quarterback, won't have a good week this week against Carolina's defense. Um, Carolina's defense is out there looking like their 2015 defense. They, this first game was a good game for them. Um, I know I said that the Carolina was going to be on a revenge tour and I didn't pick them to do that well, but looking at how they played game one, they looking like they're going to make a fool out of me. Um, but yeah, defense was balling. So I would not start, uh, any quarterbacks against Carolina's defense. Um, you might be tempted to start Matt Stafford at New York. Um, at the Giants, I wouldn't do that. I would bench Matt Stafford this week. Uh, um, T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis, mm, he he's not he's not having a great start to his season. Put him on your bench. Uh, you might be tempted to start Carson Wentz this week in Philadelphia. I would hold off on um, putting Carson Wentz on your starts this week. I would go say go ahead and you might want to bench him this week. Um, that is going to be a good game 
um, the Redskins and the Rams. I said Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. I was talking about the Chiefs uh, with the Eagles. So, yeah, they're, you know, they're playing the Chiefs, and we just talked about what the Chiefs and Kansas City defense, if they did that to Tom Brady, Carson Wentz is not going to be able to go in and ball over that defense. So you want to sit him this week, sit Pierre Garçon, um, Tariq Cohen, who I did say if he's available, go ahead and pick him up. The running back that had a monster week against Atlanta in Chicago last week. Now, he is going to be a good pickup for your team, but I would not necessarily start him this week. I think in Tampa, um, you still you want to go ahead and sit him out against Tampa. Um, pick him up and have him on your team, but put him on the bench this week. Adrian Peterson, uh, lots of niggas wanted to draft him and thought that they were going that he was going to be the same Adrian Peterson that they know and love. Not so much. So if you have him on your team, I would say go ahead and sit him out. And lastly, um, Eddie Lacy, also known as Fat Eddie, uh, do not start that nigga this week or you will be disappointed. So yeah, those are my fantasy starts and sits for the week. And now we can move on to my week one results for my picks so um i didn't do as great as i usually do of the 15 games you know under normal circumstances i probably would have picked like 11 or 12 of them right um but this week you know last week there were a lot of stunners and uh bitch was stunned i only got nine out of uh, 15 i went nine for six in my picks this week but that's okay let's go over our week one results we had kansas city 42 over the new england patriots with 27 did call that one did call that upset um i chose the Bengals in cincinnati over the baltimore ravens they made a fool out of me the um, ravens shut the Bengals out that score was 20 to zero um, so I did get that one all the way wrong, but tons of people did. Nobody expected Baltimore to shut out the Bengals, but that shit happened. Um, Pittsburgh, 21 Steelers over the Cleveland Browns, 21 to 18. The Browns held their own against Pittsburgh. They still lost, but it was, uh, it was, it was nice to see, see them up there with their rookie quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser, um, uh, was able to really hold his own against Pittsburgh. So good for them. Uh, I guess it's a moral victory because again, they still ended up losing the game, but I did call that one correctly we had atlanta over the bears that score was 23 over 17 buffalo bills 21 over the new york jets 12 we had detroit with 35 over arizona 23 tons of the experts had called arizona to win that game i knew detroit was gonna win over um arizona at home Oakland over Tennessee. I said last week, Tennessee is not going to have this dream season that niggas think that they're going to have. Um, they lost uh, 16 to Oakland's 26. Did call that. Uh, I got Philadelphia and Washington wrong. I thought the Redskins were going to win that at home. They did not. Philly went in and embarrassed them niggas. The score was 30-7. to I thought you, everybody in the world thought that Houston was going to win over Jacksonville. That was not the case. Houston scored seven little-ass points, and Jacksonville said, Bitch, run me my money. They went in there and won 29-7. to uh, We talked about how badly the Colts were embarrassed. I did think that the Colts were going to win this game, but the Rams said, Oh, no, no. 46-9. to Who Chuck Pagano was getting fired. Um, <laughs> uh. I thought that Seattle was going to win and edge out Green Bay. I was wrong. It was a good game, but Green Bay pulled it out 17-9. to 9. Uh, Seattle's got some rust they need to shake off. Um, 
San Francisco, uh, they lost to Carolina. The score was 23-3. to um, I'm going to put push pause on my unbiased and just say, fuck Kyle Shanahan, who's now the head coach of San Francisco 49ers. Everybody was saying that it was because of him that Atlanta Falcons were able to go to the Super Bowl last year and play the season that we played because he's such an offensive genius. This motherfucker's such an offensive genius. Now that he's head coach, how come his team isn't scoring a single touchdown? I mean, I feel like if you're an offensive genius and that's the reason why and not the talent, then you should be scoring touchdowns all over the place. But this nigga has yet to score a touchdown as a head coach so hmm all right we're gonna turn the unbiased back on but yeah carolina uh destroyed san francisco 23 to 3 uh i thought that the giants were gonna win against dallas we all saw how that game went it was a primetime national game dallas scored 19 the giants only got three um i hope that um they don't play like that the rest of this season. OBJ was out, but your whole your whole team and your whole game, you know, y'all's heads can't be fucked up for missing one player. Uh, so I don't know if that's what it was or what, but Dallas really embarrassed the fuck out of New York. Um, Minnesota twenty nine over the Saints nineteen, um, and the, the that nineteen is misleading. If you were watching that game, the the Saints uh, scored a touchdown in garbage time, which means you know basically the game had already been lost. But they did end up scoring one more touchdown in that time. So it's you know, but it is what it is. So yeah, Minnesota ran all over New Orleans and shredded that defense to come out on top 29 to 19. And then Denver Broncos eked out a win over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So got nine of my picks uh, right for last week, six of them wrong. Uh, like I said, last week was was a shakeup for a lot of people. Um, there were tons of, of games that didn't go how niggas expected them to go. Um, I think, again, most notice, notably the way that the, the Colts were embarrassed by L.A., um, you know, Baltimore and the Bengals, that, that game was hard to call, Philadelphia and Washington. Uh, nobody kind of really knew which way Green Bay and Seattle was going to go, Dallas and the Giants. Um, we didn't know which cam we were going to get this season, which Carolina defense we were going to get. So, you know, as, as these early weeks go on and we get a better feel for how these teams and what, and what they're going to do this year, then, you know, the picks will become a little more accurate. So I'm going to go ahead and get into my week two picks and, uh, hopefully a bitch will be back at her usual, um, gold standard and like numbers. Got 16 games to pick. And I better get like 11 or 12 of them right or I'm going to be real mad. Um, <laughs> but let me go ahead and, and get started with them. This week, I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals over the Houston, Texas. I want to take the Patriots over New Orleans. Um, I want to take the Cardinals in Arizona over the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to take Carolina uh, Panthers over the Buffalo Bills. Um... I got Tampa over Chicago. I'm taking Baltimore over Cleveland. I'm taking Pittsburgh over Minnesota. I think the Chiefs win um, against the Eagles. Jacksonville is going to win against Tennessee. I think the Chargers take Miami. Oakland's definitely going to take the Jets. Um, Washington over the Rams. And I think this is going to be a fake little upset of the week. Um... 
some people think that what the Rams did last week was a fluke. I don't know. Uh, and, and they got Aaron Donald back too this week. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's gonna be one of my ones that's difficult to call. But I think I'm gonna still take Washington over the Rams. It might be a little bit of an upset this week. We'll see what happens. Seattle's gonna beat San Francisco. Uh, I think my other, my definite upset of the week this week is gonna be Denver over Dallas. Uh, I think the Broncos might be able to take them. Um, the Giants are gonna take Detroit if OBJ plays. If Odell Beckham Jr. plays this week, the Giants will win over Detroit. If he sits out, Detroit loses. I mean, if he's in the game, Detroit loses that game. If he's out, Detroit wins. And then the NFL game of the week is the NFC Championship rematch of the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers. That is going to be one hell of a game. They played, they faced each other twice last year. Atlanta came out on top both times. Um, And again, all bias aside, this is going to be just really one hell of a matchup. Um... Aaron Rodgers is 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 phenomenal quarterback. Green Bay's defense looked pretty fucking good against Seattle last week. Uh, the only reason, in my um, biased opinion, that I'm going to choose Atlanta over Green Bay is because this is Atlanta's home opener, and it is a special home opener. It is, it is their first official game in their new stadium. Um, so, you know, there's always a home team advantage, but I think that's going to be pushed even further just because, again, this is Atlanta's very first official game in their new stadium. So it's going to be a, a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's well, it's either going to be a high-scoring game or it's going to be a, a battle of the defenses to see, you know, who who can put the stop on who. So everybody's going to have their eyes on that game. It is Sunday night football, so it's going to be nationally televised. And um, yeah, so the Bell on Ball is picking Atlanta over Green Bay with the slight edge. Only do again to the home team advantage. Now I'm not gonna put my Falcons fan hat on and 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 list all these other you know erroneous or whatever extraneous reasons why I think Atlanta's gonna beat Green Bay, but I do think that that's gonna be that this week. And so tune in next week to see how that came out. Excuse me, I don't know what that was. And um yeah, so I have a very special why I love this game letter to close out this week's episode. And this comes from one of my friends, um, Mr. Mari. I won't call your whole name out. I won't call out your government because I don't know if you wanted me to. I don't know who's listening. Um, but Mari is a New York Giants fan and he did send in his letter. Um, so let me go ahead and get into his why I love the game letter. Thanks for sending this in, Mari. All right. The love for the game of football hit me early. As a kid, I would quietly root for Brett Favre while my family hated his guts as the Lions-Packers rivalry heated up. From that, I would chill in the room with my pops asking tons of questions that he would either answer right away or tell me to wait for this play to be over. He'd yell at Detroit Lions games, and I wondered why he watched if he felt like that. 
until I grew up and started to understand exactly why. It's the love. I didn't necessarily like the Lions, even though I love my city. My team would end up being the New York Giants after having the chance to watch Tiki Barber play. Side note, Tiki Barber is a piece of shit and the fade is absolutely available. Anyway, the same feeling Favre gave me because of his toughness, short memory after bad plays, and stressful yet exciting play was captured again when I watched Eli Manning play at Ole Miss. Add to the fact that he was the younger brother of Peyton Manning himself, and I was sold because I too, chip on the shoulder, was the younger brother of a great of great men in their own right. I felt this sense of connection to Eli and rooted for him to prove doubters wrong. Ecstatic isn't the word for what I felt when we got him on draft day. It let me know this was my team for a reason. Add that to the fact that he beat Tom Brady twice and ended the Patriots' quote-unquote perfect season, and it ain't hard to tell why he's my favorite giant of all time. Worst moment, Miracle at the Meadowlands 2. I was at my homeboy's house watching the game, laughing, having drinks, basking in the imminent win, so much so that I said I'll be right back as I went to the plaza up the street while the game was still going on because clearly we had this, right? Came back to his house and saw a replay of Deshaun Jackson returning a punt for the game-winning touchdown and thought, why are they showing old highlights and scores until it dawned on me that this was right now? And I almost fainted. Fuck him. (laughs) Best moment, the day we moved into a new house back in 2008 was the same day we beat the Patriots and ended their perfect season, giving Eli his first ring and Super Bowl MVP. I can still see the Eli to Plaxico touchdown that sealed it. More than that, though, is a few days before I moved to Atlanta to be with my lady in 2012, we beat the Pates in the Super Bowl again, and for me, it marked new life. The first championship happened as I moved into that house. The second happened as I was moving out to become who I am today. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, The game of football is like visual comfort food for me. It reminds me of those cold fall days in Detroit around family and friends. Win, lose, or draw, it was fun. I remember the first Giants jersey I ever owned was Jeremy Shockey's. And I felt this sense of Giants pride all the way from Detroit whenever they played i still carry that pride with me today new york giants forever thank you mari that letter was dope as fuck i do appreciate that um i appreciate you sending that in and i get it uh i appreciate that you rooted for brett Favre because um i don't know if i've said this on this show but if you know me then you know that brett Favre is my favorite nfl player of all fucking time so kudos on your love for him um i appreciate that we got the perspective of somebody that grew up um, not necessarily being a fan of his home team. Mari is from Detroit. He's not a Lions fan. He's a diehard Giants fan. So it was really um, nice to hear how that came about. Um, yeah, Tiki Barber is a piece of shit. And, um, but uh, that was a nice little shout out too. So thanks for that. That that letter was, that was dope. It was heartfelt. It was genuine. And... You know, to hear the stories like that on why people love the game, it's always going to be dope for me. If you have your own why I love this game, um, 
stories that you want to send in, if you want to shout out your favorite players, your favorite moments, your worst moments, please do send that in to thebellonball at gmail.com. And you can be my co-host for the week, just like my friend Mari was. I also like to shout out his wife, Bree, and their daughters, Skylar and Jacina, um, who I know he's over there turning them into little Giants fans, but that's fine. Um, so shout out to him and his family. Appreciate you sending that in again, brother. You want to make sure that you um, you can find Mari on social media. His, uh, he's on Twitter at Mariano, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-N-O. Um, and at defpen.com, he, he's a contributor to that site. That's D E F P E N.com. You can find him and his thoughts there. And he also has a basketball podcast, the basketball friends. So, um, basketball season and even now it's, it's still, it's still popping. So if you want to check out, if you're a basketball fan, definitely want to check out the basketball friends podcast and hear my, uh, hear my friend Mari over there. So thanks again. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Thanks for you guys for your time. I appreciate uh, your feedback that's coming. Um, share this shit with a friend. Uh, tell another friend to tell a friend. Um, let's watch these games together. And again, send in all of your NFL-related thoughts, questions, opinions, analysts, and all that good stuff um, to the bell on ball at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, too. And I'll see you guys next Thursday.